welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Friday morning. We've got all your NBA action covered from a loaded Thursday. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Big Waz. We've got Rob Lopez calling in the trades to the league office. Coming up on the show, Chris Stapps Porzingis heads to Texas. We've got All-Star and LeBron James returns to action on the court. But first, let it be known, the Milwaukee Bucks continue their domination of the Toronto Raptors. Bucks 105 Raptors 92, a pitiful 92 in Toronto. The best team in the East remains the best team in the East. They win the season series 3-1 over the Raptors. Mike Budenholzer will be your uh, Giannis all-star squad coach. Giannis led the Bucks with 19 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks in 28 minutes. Only had 28 minutes due to foul trouble. Uh, Chris Middleton, 18 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. DJ Wilson had 16 off the bench. Pascal Siakam had a great game, another great game against Milwaukee. 28 points for him, uh, but Kawhi Leonard just 16 points on 7 of 20 shooting. Kyle Lowry, 10 points on 11 shots. Serge Ibaka, 12 points on 15 shots. The Raptors shot under 40% in this game, about 25.9% from deep. A bit of an ugly game, too, was with 37 assists and 36 turnovers combined between the two teams. But, I mean, if you're a Raptors fan, you got to feel like, all right, this is, you know, we just can't play with this team. I, I wouldn't say that. I still anticipate. I, like, I wouldn't say that. Every single game has been basically like a one possession game uh, besides this one. But I do think the Raptors need a punch. They need something. Um, the, the bottom line is the only person who ever does anything is Kawhi as far as like threatening the defense. And Siakam is perfect as far as a secondary guy who can he like. He gets a lot of the in-between stuff, a lot of yes. the hustle stuff, a lot of the just Hustle finding stuff. little gaps um, in the floor. Yeah. He gets the sw- if he gets the swing pass and he gets ahead of steam, he's able to make a dribble or two and make a play. Like he's basically, but he's the only person who can do that right yeah. now. They just seem a little bit flat at the moment. They need some kind of punch. Not quite in somebody on Twitter mentioned it to me. Not quite a CJ McCollum level type of guy, but somebody like in the neighborhood with you know, somebody who's able to pack a punch because Kyle Lowry just straight up doesn't have it anymore. He can't he does, shoot. And it's not only it's does bad. he can't he not shoot, he doesn't want to shoot, Zach. Right. Yeah. I mean he he put Such up eleven shots. You should be taking minutes. fifteen shots and you're taking eleven. Yeah. I mean, even Van Vliet off the off the bench had nine shot attempts, right? Like, I mean, and he was yeah. good. Like, he was good. Norm Powell was good, but uh, but yeah, like with in a green where in a game where Danny Green was over four in thirteen minutes, didn't score. Uh, they needed Lowry to step up, and he just didn't have it against you know guys like Eric Bledsoe and George Hill or Malcolm Brogdon. He just couldn't establish himself. And, you know, again, I know we've all seen the Raptors the last few years in the playoffs. I know all the jokes right themselves, but I've seen the Raptors the last, I mean, excuse me, the Bucks the last few years in the playoffs too. And the bottom Hasn't line been great. is exactly like when yeah. they played their best lineups in the playoffs, they struggle to make shots too. And Absolutely. so that's why like in a series, I don't, I still don't feel like, oh, the Bucks are going to overwhelm these guys, but I'm not as enthusiastic as I was this season. I'm not going to let you bring me down though, Zach. Uh, I'll see you in Milwaukee in June. Sixers 113, Warriors 104 in Oakland. The other game of the night. No Clay Thompson in this. No Markel Fultz. I don't know why I put no Mar- Markel Fultz. It just made me scary. funny. Uh, it made me think it was funny. Uh, Sixers, so physical in this game. Really flexed on the Warriors. Uh, we saw some of the best basketball out of Embiid and Simmons uh, from this season. Embiid finished with 26 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists. Did have 8 turnovers, uh, but he was phenomenal in this game. Ben Simmons, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. Uh, Helped neutralize 41 on 10 made threes from Steph Curry. Kevin Durant, 25 points, but needed 24 shots for him. Draymond Green, just one of six from the field, over four from deep. Uh, did have eight rebounds, 10 assists, four steals, three blocks, but just four points. 
Uh, Warriors not named Steph Curry, one of 20 from three in this game. Uh, Jimmy Butler didn't have a good game, just nine or seven points on 12 shots. JJ Redick did have 15, but a very impressive outing from the Sixers uh, in a place that's still very tough to win. And I think early on, they were having trouble as far as like finding the spots. Like between Simmons and Jimmy, it's uh, they like a lot of the same spots. So a lot of times, they they get crisscrossed, right? And the and the floor compacts for them when other people have the ball. It's not as you know. It just feels more compressed at, at first. It seemed that way, but towards that, you know. Towards the beginning of the second half, I mean, end of the first half and all of the second half, these guys never stopped moving without the ball. And I think yeah. that's the key when you got both of them on the floor at the same time, because Jimmy's always got his head up. And obviously Simmons is known for his court vision and his stat line, 26 points, eight rebounds, six assists, three steals. Like that's a beautiful stat line. But I don't even think that tells the story. It's the best game I've ever seen this kid play. Yeah, uh, he think, was it, flying it, around, dude. Yeah. And think about it, too. Like the Warriors have the personnel to slow him down. Like right. Draymond is the perfect kind of defender against yep. him. Kevin Durant's a good defender against him. Andre Iguodala, good defender against him. And he just had his way. You're right. He was moving. He was so active. And then even, you know, guys like uh, Mike Muscala had a, had a very good impact off the bench. Landry Shamet had a very good impact. Uh, Jonah Bolden had a good impact. Like all, all their guys, TJ McConnell had a good impact. Like everyone really brought in this game. And even though Jimmy Butler didn't shoot well, he's still, you know, nine rebounds, six assists, couple of steals. Like he was active in this game too. And today is the tonight's the first time I think you saw some of the warts in, in Boogie's game, especially on the defensive end. Um, a lot of times he gets lazy and he fouls. You know that's a Boogie staple. Yeah. I don't think the, I don't think the Sixers. You know that one of their favorite go to bread and butter is Embiid and JJ working in the two man. Yep. And I don't think they did enough of that at the top of the key, especially while Boogie was in the game. But he's susceptible to all of that stuff. Yeah, All and, of that and, stuff on the perimeter. and they tried to overestablish him on offense too. It's like, man, you, you're going against Embiid. Like that's yeah. that's not you're not just pushing around Mike Muscala out there. Like that's a that's a big body for even someone like Boogie to to try to overpower. We get it. It's the shiny new toy, and they want to feature him, and they want to make him look good, and they want to prop him up. But against real competition, you, you're going to have to go to your bread and butter, and that's Steph in the pick and roll, KD and ISO, Steph and KD in pick and roll together, and, you know, you'll be unstoppable again, even without Klay Thompson. Hey, everybody. Join us for the back-to-back -back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel by going to FanDuel.com slash B2B. You sign up for an account. You put five bucks in your account. You're going to get five bucks from FanDuel into your account. Now you got $10. You can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. Uh, this week's winner, Z Rolling 33 Don't know your real name, but that's your screen name. You won. You get to join the mailbag today on Friday to ask questions, to, to answer questions, to just kind of chop it up with us, have a fun time. So go to FanDuel.com slash B2B, sign up, put money in, get money, play with B2B listeners, and get on the mailbag. A loaded news day on Thursday. Everything you need to know for Friday. Let's get to it. The all-star reserves were named by the coaches in the Eastern Conference. We've got Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Chris Middleton, and Nikola Vucevic. Those are your seven reserves. In the West, Klay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, round out the West roster or I guess the West pool that they will then draft from uh, West snubs, Rudy Gobert, Tobias yeah, Harris, Luka Doncic. Like who, who's the one for you? For me, it's, it's Gobert. Rudy. I, I was, I was it's not even close. Yeah. It's Rudy without a doubt. It's Rudy. 
Yeah, I would have had him over Aldridge. I definitely would have had him over Cat because Cat was pretty bad the first month and a half. Like I think maybe the coaches forgot that because he's been so good lately. But Gobert has been so good all season long. Yeah. Uh, East snubs. We, we're going to have a, a Victor Oladipo replacement because he is out for the season. Uh, is that going to Jimmy Butler? Is that going to D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell? Somebody else that that we haven't. I'm, mentioned? I'm fine with either one of those two guys, Jimmy or or D'Angelo. And you know, while we're on the subject, can we just do the best 12 players? I mean, the best 24 players. Thank you. And stop with this. Thank we got to get an equal amount from each conference. Like, there's no reason we don't do this with All NBA. Right. I don't know why we have to do this with. All-star. It's a great point. We know, especially since we're not doing conferences anymore in the all-star game. There's just do it. Yeah. Get Mike Conley in an all-star game, right? Like let's do it. Nick Nick Vucevic should not have more all-star appearances than Mike Conley. No, it just shouldn't be the case. I hope D'Angelo Russell gets the replacement nod for, uh, for Oladipo. I think he was deserving uh, with or without needing an injury replacement. Uh, We've got more info on this Pelicans Lakers uh, hopeful trade uh, per Brad Turner of the LA times. Maddie Johnson talked to Dell Demps on Tuesday, offered five different trade scenarios, trying to figure something out before the trade deadline per Woj Demps and the Pelicans are in no rush to make a deal before the day deadline and have stated such. However, they're talking to the Lakers and other teams for the deadline doing their due diligence. But there seems to be this idea that they're sending a message either to the Lakers or maybe just rich Paul and clutch. Uh, this is from uh, the Woj report. Pelicans owner Gail Benson is enthusiastically carrying the small market banner, pushing back on any planned superstar union of James and Davis in the NBA's glamour market. If Davis wants to be a Laker, the Pelicans mantra so far is simply feel free to join LA as a free agent in 2020 and potentially punt on the 2019, 2020 season when James will turn 35 to keep the requisite cap space open. Some spice there was. I mean, as we're watching LeBron punt one season, he can't do it again. That's, like, <laughs> that's, mean, a, that's a great point. Like, okay, I'll keep the mileage down again. That's, I mean, I'm sure that's what he's saying. And, you know, whatever. Let's just get into the Knicks news. Yeah, let's get into the Knicks news. Because the, the trade that actually happened, Knicks trade Chris Stapps Porzingis to the Mavericks. Chris Stapps Porzingis, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Courtney Lee to the Dallas Mavericks for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, uh, and what's likely to be an unprotected first-round pick in 2021 and a top-ten protected pick in 2023. Porzingis met with the Knicks uh, over direction and uneasiness with the franchise. And uh, Pershams, the... Porzingis, despite being traded, is prepared to sign the qualifying offer this summer, which would make him an unrestricted free agent in 2020, foregoing the whole restricted free agency process. Uh, there was a post on Instagram where Porzingis wrote, the truth will come out with a smiley face emoticon uh, that was later removed. Knicks president Steve Mills said Thursday night that Porzingis, a restricted free agent this summer, informed him and general manager Scott Perry that he no longer wanted to be a part of the group. During a Thursday morning meeting, the meeting lasted less than five minutes, according to sources to ESPN. Uh, Knicks had several offers for the 23-year-old at uh, at the time of the trade. Big, big shockwaves, big, big news. Uh, a gamble for the Mavericks, but a a worthy gamble. An obvious move for the Mavericks. Uh, and as far as the Knicks are concerned, I know, I know, I know the Knicks at this point are the boy who cried potential free agent signing down the, the road. Yeah, they, I mean, they've got I 74 million in cap space, that, which I, can get you two max free agents. I and and in theory, it's great. I get it. I get it. But 
remember when there were all these rumors around LeBron going to LA and then LeBron bought this second house in LA and everybody's like, who cares? The Lakers never get anybody. Then LeBron kid enrolls in some school in LA. It's like, who cares? Or actually way before that, when Kyrie spoke to LeBron's people about, are you coming back after the season? And then he requested a trade directly after. And it's like, LeBron's going to go to, no, the Lakers never get anybody. Like, I'm sorry. This Knicks stuff is just seems plainly obvious to me. Like they got assurance from KD that he's coming at least KD and if you're Boston the way they were so aggressive in opening up this other slot like you have to think there's smoke with this Kyrie stuff yeah um, absolutely there, there are a lot of people like connected around the league who are like Yo, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to the Knicks this summer it's see it's like from all indications from everybody I've spoken to it's like no this thing is going to happen and honestly we talked about the Lakers and New Orleans and all of that, and they want to get this thing done with Boston. But, like, that, this kind of sets up a domino in that, Boston, if you don't have Kyrie, the concept that you should trade for, for AD just blows up. It's over just yeah. as an idea. Just the things that you would have to give up. It's like you don't have – you don't have Kyrie as the carrot to be like, yo, we can trade for you on a rental and convince you this is a good idea if he's no longer there. And therefore, it's like, okay, so you trade away all the best shit you got for a guy who's guaranteed not to come. This takes Boston out of the equation as far as I'm concerned. So it's like New Orleans, like you can play tough guy. But if the camp puts it out that like, all right, you this is guarantee a one-year rental. Your options are going to be trash. The Spurs got lucky with DeMar DeRozan, and they didn't even get that lucky. Toronto right. no longer wanted that dude. Yeah, they, they got a guy the that the team didn't want. Like, you're not going to get players who a team actually wants to keep on their team for a rental. Even when you go back to the Paul George trade, they didn't want Oladipo no more. He kind of stunk it up. We could say that was Russ's fault, but that was a player that nobody wanted. They couldn't get well, shit for him. It's also, it's also possible that he actually just improved in that offseason, right? Like, no, that he wasn't, he wasn't, that he wasn't that, he that good. No, I'm but I'm saying, saying, like, that stuff changes quickly. Okay, fair. I'm just saying, like, the kind of players you're going to get for a one-year rental, even for somebody as good as KD, it's not going to be a great situation when right. it's expressed to you like, yo, I don't want to be there. So I think everybody's playing tough and painting themselves into a corner, and it's, like, very fascinating to see. But I, I think the writing's on the wall for New Orleans here, right? Like, Boston is not going to be an option for you. They're not keeping Kyrie. It's right. see, but I will say this. I will say this. It seems like the Knicks have assurances. They have solid assurances to just straight up and down. They could have basically signed KD. I mean, excuse me, KP. They offered him the max in the offseason, and nobody in the history of the league has ever offered a max um, rookie extension, had been offered a max rookie extension, and uh, turned it down for the qualifying offer, not to mention a guy coming off an ACL tear and not playing for a year and a half. Like, nobody says no to that guarantee, right? But, and so to give away KP, to do something that drastic is crazy, but the two people we're talking about right now, KD and Kyrie Irving. They're not that they're not worth it, but they're the two weirdest dudes in the NBA. I mean, extremely weird. These are the two guys that you're counting on their word. Like, if LeBron tells you January 31st, I'm not gonna flinch. I'm showing up on your doorstep on July 1st. You could probably you could kind of take that to the bank. No, you can ink that in. 
that KD and Kyrie, you know what this whole thing flat is? Flat Earthers and you, and and fake Twitter. No, you know what it is was is that KD found out about that movie about the haunted hotel, and he wants back in the movie industry, <laughs> and so he's got to team up with Kyrie to get it done. Bro, you know, I, 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 it feels like the Knicks have gotten assurances, man, and, and and like you know, whatever. That's beautiful for them, but you know, for Knicks fans, I yes, I think you should be enthusiastic about the summer, but just remember the guys you're dealing with. All right, let's do five minutes with an expert, and whenever the Knicks have unfortunately sadness because we don't really get to talk a whole lot of Knicks happiness, Jared Dubin comes on and joins us for uh, for a little Knicks expertise. Jared, this Kristaps Porzingis trade kind of came out of nowhere, materialized very quickly, at least publicly, uh, in la- in a couple hours on Thursday. Your initial reaction to what the Knicks got in return? The Knicks are back, baby. Get Amari Stoudemire out in front of the Garden again. Have him yeah. look into MSG cameras. Get Ray Felton back. Declare that the Knicks are back. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I, I do think that there is a, certainly a, a public perception that things came together very quickly. Um, the relationship between the Knicks and Chris Apps has not been good for quite a while. I mean, it was a little bit better over this past year and a half or so since Phil Jackson left than it was before that. But certainly it hasn't been on, you know, the best footing in the world. You know, even last year there were sort of rumblings that they weren't on necessarily – great terms. And I think that that has sort of snowballed this year as he's continued to sit out with his torn ACL. Um, that said, like, it's pretty clear they sold pretty low on him, even when you account for the two, uh, apparent first round picks that right. they're getting. Um, they essentially just clear off a bunch of dead money, get a player that they could have drafted two years ago. Um, and then, you know, a, it's, I guess it's technically unprotected 2021 pick, but it has to depend on whether or not the Mavericks trade their pick to the Hawks and then, uh, you know, a protected pick in 2023. So, I mean, they didn't get a ton and it's basically just them banking on what they're going to get this summer. Um, right. you know, I, I, I do think Chris Dabbs didn't want to be here anymore. And the team tried to, I guess, accommodate that. I guess they were, you know, apparently, threatened by the fact that he might have actually taken the qualifying offer. That's how badly he apparently wanted out. I don't necessarily know what the chances of that were, but um, apparently they thought it was a real thing and they decided that this deal was the deal that they wanted to do. So, all right. What, what is their pitch to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, whatever this summer, like the, their pitch, they don't have a lot to go off. Like if you're like, all right, they have Dennis Smith jr. And he, he can turn into a, a really nice player, but guys are, and, and maybe they have the number one pick or a top four pick or whatever that ends up being. But veterans looking to win titles and change legacies and stuff aren't looking to sign with Zion Williamson as a rookie, right. Or Dennis right. Smith jr. As a third year player or whatever. So is their pitch simply, Please come save us. Like, what is what is the the process here? I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think it's notable that they do have now like seventy six million dollars in cap space, so they can't just pitch one guy. They could actually go pitch two guys and say, you know, hey, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, or hey, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Why don't you come here together and play with, you know, obviously it's not that great, but Dennis Smith and Frank Nealakina and Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson and are, you know, presumably top five pick in the draft. And it's not necessarily a good pitch, 
but it's a better pitch than the one they were putting out there in 2010 when it was come play here with nobody essentially. Hey, yeah. Like, <laughs> Hey, we're the Knicks come play. Right. And, like, we, that's and, what it was. Know, and at the time too, you know, we, we also don't have any of our draft picks going forward and, you know, we have Danilo Gallinari and Wilson Chandler, but we're not too attached to those guys and we might be getting rid of them soon. Anyway, you know, now they, they do have, you know, 75, million dollars in cap space. They have all their picks going forward. They have two of the Mavericks picks going forward and they do have role players around guys. That's not the best sell in the world. It's, it's certainly better than what they've gone pitching with before. And I guess, you know, from their perspective, like they just saw the Lakers get LeBron with a similar pitch with a group of guys that, you know, while more highly thought of than the Knicks are not necessarily all that highly thought of elsewhere. Right. How good does Dennis Smith jr. Have to be like, not even the rest of this season, but just like by the end of his rookie deal for, for Nick's media to not completely try to eat this alive. I don't know. I mean, he has to be really good. I think, um, yeah. although a lot of it again, like it's, it's, it seems sort of strange to even talk about Dennis Smith or the picks or anything else, because it's basically all going to depend on what happens what, this summer. Right. Um, right. That's fair. It's like, if, if they sign Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and Dennis Smith is terrible, who cares? Not a big deal. If they don't get either of those guys and Dennis Smith is really good, um, still like not that big of a deal um, to, to, to me. It's, it sort of comes down to what they get and Dennis Smith being able to take a flyer on him is, you know, a, a nice ancillary benefit. But again, they could have drafted him two years ago right. and decided not to. Uh, you know, there, there was a split in the organization at the time. Like they were, there were different factions in the organization that, you know, some of them, obviously it happened. So, you know, some of them wanted Frank Nielakina. That was a lot of Phil's camp. Some of them wanted Dennis Smith. There were a couple of people that liked Malik Monk. Um, so it's, it, it, it's not like it wasn't heavily in consideration back then. Um, but also like you look at the Tim Hardaway thing. So they drafted Tim Hardaway, dumped him on the Hawks for, uh, a first round pick, which they wound up getting Jaron Grant in that deal, who they then traded for Derek Rose, who b- became nothing. Um, two years later, they offer Hardaway a 72 million or $71 million contract that nobody else was going to come close to offering him. Uh, it's been reported multiple times. The biggest offer he got elsewhere was 46 million over four Ooh, years. I've, I've heard similar numbers, 46, 48, 49, yeah, I heard something like that. that. Um, and now two years later, they have traded the best player that they have drafted since Patrick Ewing just to get rid of Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, you know, so they, they, they did get other things in the deal, but the, 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 the Knicksness of this in general is um, just fascinating. All right. Last question for you. Fill in the blank for me. The biggest free agent the Knicks signed this summer is? Um, biggest in terms of size or in terms of? Like however, however stature. you want to go, however you want to go with this. <laughs> biggest in terms of size, JaVale McGee coming Woo! to the Knicks. Um, biggest Champion. in terms of stature. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, certainly there are people behind the scenes projecting confidence that they can get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or both. Somebody called me earlier today and was like, you know, certain certain people close to KD or close to the team think that it's going to happen, but yeah. you know that there's the but that always comes in there. So much can change. Um, you know, over the course of the next five months or so. So even if they are confident right now, that doesn't particularly mean that much. All right, Jared. Well, at least you get to uh, maybe root for a dunk champion who's with Dennis Smith Jr. when he goes to Charlotte oh, and uh, puts on the show. So, uh, you know, good, good luck and, and have a drink on me. <laughs> Thank you, my man. 
Hey, back-to-back listeners, perhaps you missed the live show in Los Angeles this month, and perhaps you've missed the one in New York a couple months before, and you're really wanting to go, and you live on the East Coast, or you live on the West Coast, and you got some travel points and some sky miles. Well, go to Boston Saturday, March 2nd, at the end of the Sloan Analytics Conference. The Middle East in Boston is where we're having the show. Tickets are still on sale to the general public. No VIP. That's been sold out, but we still have a few general admission available. Uh, you can get your tickets through the Count the Dings Twitter or Jade Hoy's Twitter page, uh, but you don't want to miss this show. If you missed it, if you're in New York and you want to come back for the experience, it's just a short little little drive or short little train ride. So go to Boston's live show, our live show, March 2nd, Saturday, end of Sloan Analytics Conference in at the Middle East. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Always come. All right, let's get to the other games from Thursday. Pistons 93, Mavs 89, a depleted roster for Dallas in this one. Also, Luka Doncic did not play. Andre Drummond killed the Mavericks, killed him. 24 points, 20 rebounds, hit a couple of clutch free throws after he grabbed a clutch rebound off a missed Jalen Brunson free throw. Uh, Blake Griffin was phenomenal. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Reggie Jackson was actually pretty good. 17 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. Harrison Barnes led the Mavs with 27 points. Brunson just nine points on 14 shots. Devin Harris had 15 off the bench. Magic 107, Pacers 100 in Orlando. Pacers are in trouble. I said this last last time. They're in trouble yet again. Lost four straight and still have two more games on this road trip. Terrence Ross, 30 off the bench for the Magic. 11 of 17 from the field, 5 of 8 from deep. DJ Augustine had 20 points, was 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Uh, Nick Vucevic in his, uh, I guess, all-star <laughs> Remix, I don't know, 17, 10, and 5, 13, and 13 for Jonathan Isaac. Miles Turner led the Pacers with 27 points. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich at 21, and uh, Darren Collison at 16 and 10 for the Pacers. But the Pacers just 4 of 21 from downtown. So much for uh, the Pacers not imploding with their leader going down. Yeah, something, something, something's amiss. Something happened. Spurs 117, Nets 114 in San Antonio. Uh, there were bats back in the arena, and the fans were chanting for Manu. This is ridiculous. This is the highlights in San Antonio. Yes, now Derek White showed out uh, in this barn burner. 26 points, a career high for him. Lamarcus Aldridge had 20 and 13. Aldridge and White carried the Spurs in the fourth quarter, out dueling. You guessed it, Shabazz Napier, who was the leading score for the Nets in the fourth quarter, 17 off the bench to Rosen 15, 10 and four on a bad shooting night. D'Angelo Russell led the Nets with 25 points, but needed 26 shots. He did have nine assists. Uh, Napier finished with 15, Joe Harris with 18, DeMar Carroll with 18 Nets missed 10 free throws in a three point loss. And then the Kings back was Lakers 123, Clippers 120 in overtime in Los Angeles, a road game for the Lakers in Los Angeles. Uh, LeBron James returned, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart also returned. LeBron 24 points, 14 rebounds, nine assists in his first game back, did not shoot well, was 9 to 22, one of six from three. Brandon Ingram looked really good, 19 points on 12 shots. Uh, Kuzma had 10 points on eight shots in 23 minutes back. Lou Williams, 24 points off the bench to lead the Clippers. Six Clippers in double figures. Tobias Harris had 15, eight and eight. And the Lakers actually made their free throws 28 of 35, which is 80%. Uh, they normally shoot much worse than that. What'd you see out of uh, LeBron in this return was? I see a team that just seems uninspired, a team that's rudderless, a team that's running on a treadmill, a team that's running in quicksand. I, I'm running out of cliches, but I think you get the hint. Uh, it's it, I, and I've, I don't want to say I feel for these guys, but it's like they're human beings. They're young guys. They have laptops. They have family members who who follow Woj on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they all have Sports Center. They all watch First Take. They know what the hell is going on out there, right? Um, and they're in a just like a precarious situation. It was like if you're Brandon Ingram, it's like 
yes, I want to play well because I'm a guy with pride. I, I've been playing basketball all my life. I want It's been my dream to be in the NBA. I want to be a good NBA player. But it's like your play is directly tied into you getting shipped out of town. Yeah. That's got to be strange. And LeBron looked like he had a groin injury. He did not move well. <laughs> Man, he moved back. He was so slow. He was taking he's taking set shots on step backs. Step backs. <laughs> I mean, the explosiveness is just not yeah. there. It's gonna need and, some, and, some and, rough you know, and, and by the way, if New Orleans is gonna stand their ground, so to speak, uh, in a manner of speaking, We've got another uh, year of it. Uh, yeah, this is gonna happen for the rest of the season, man. They're gonna finish like forty four and thirty eight and and limp into the playoffs, and we'll see what happens then. All right, let's go to line of the night. Uh, we got like five candidates for line of the night. Andre Drummond, 24 and 20 in the win over Dallas. Blake Griffin, 24, 10 and 6 in the win over Dallas. Giannis, 19, 9, 5, 4 and 2 in the win over Toronto. Joel Embiid, 26 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists. Did have 8 turnovers, but beat the Warriors in Golden State. And of course, Steph Curry, 46 points, 6 assists, 6 turnovers, hit 10 threes in the loss to Philly. Where are you going? My line of the night is Steph, and it's because Golden State, I know you got your shiny new toy, but just remember where your bread is buttered, okay? This is a Steph Curry-led offense. He's the engine. He's the heart. He's the nervous system, the immune system, the circulatory system. Yes, I'm using cliches again, but you get the point, man. Like, I just hope Steve Kerr remembers. Like, we get it. You like the Boogie Cousins thing, but remember where your bread is buttered. I mean, I'm going to the king of the East, baby. Giannis, 19, 9, 5, 4, and 2 in 28 minutes. Foul trouble. Still couldn't stop from knocking off those pitiful Raptors. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash count the dings. Subscribe to Back to Back Feed. We had an emergency pod about the Chris Stapps trade. We also had Nerder She Wrote. Uh, we got the mailbag today on Friday. Go subscribe to Black Opinions Matter Monday feed, which you can find on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. Do the same for the Daily Ding. Do the same for NFL Pod, uh, The Interceptable from Kian Fahi, House of Strauss. We got Pack Your Knives, all that stuff. Thanks for waking up with us. Eat your egos, pour your milk, get your coffee, brush your teeth, do all that stuff. Waz, you got to sign off? Big Ding is Ben and Cheese. Big, 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 big.